Welcome to Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson, and I am one of the campus pastors at Calvary Church and the host of this podcast. It's good to be with you today. The goal of this podcast is to help you live out your faith in everyday life. So we want to tackle different issues that we feel are really important to discuss uh, and uh, would be helpful for you to to begin to think about how how, how can we integrate faith uh, into everyday life, whether it be at work, at home, at fam- with family, uh, in our leisure time activities, wherever wherever we may be. We would love to hear your thoughts about uh, this episode today. You can email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us. We'd also love to hear your questions uh, that you would like us to address on future episodes. So we encourage you to email your questions to us as well. I'm here today with uh, Pastor Jeff Morgan, who is our executive pastor here at Calvary Church. Uh, Jeff, it's good to be with you today. Yeah, it's good to be here. Well, yesterday we had a sermon on uh, the parable of the the two builders, the two foundations. And as I was up there uh, preaching this uh, this passage, Matthew chapter seven, verses twenty four to twenty seven, I was I was wondering, do people really get what Jesus is saying here? Is this uh, am I just saying something that they already know? Uh, what are you, what is your take on that parable? Is that something that is that a parable people that have grown up in the church are familiar with? Well, I, I think they are because, well, at least my generation, uh, we got to sing about it. <laughs> you know, it was uh, the wise man builds his house upon the rock, right? And then we we learn that uh, well, Jesus is the rock, and I think that that's about the point where a lot of people stop. It's the idea: well, if I put my faith in Jesus as my foundation, then I'm good to go. Uh, the thing they miss, and the thing that you brought out in the message, was it's uh, it, where it says, "Then everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who builds his house on the rock." So, actually, there's a whole lot more to it. And uh, so, if we're only exposed as far as Sunday school goes, uh, it's something worth exploring. You know, one of the things that I mentioned in the in the sermon yesterday was that I think a lot of people think the whole Sermon on the Mount is really just to show us that we can't keep the law. And I think Christians over the centuries have wrestled with what what place does the Sermon on the Mount have in my in my life? How would you respond to somebody who says that the you know the Sermon on the Mount is is just to show us our need for grace? But when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, it doesn't. If you really Want to take it at face value? It doesn't seem that that's what Jesus is saying. What do you think about that? No, no, I, I've, I can't cite who it is that I heard talking about this, but um, I, I thought it was a really good observation that the Sermon on the Mount uh, actually paints more of the the heavenly picture of how God intended life, and so we see like these uh, first statements in, in the Beatitudes where Jesus is in effect inverting human expectation. You know, it's it's the humble who gain it all, not the bold, right? And so, uh, but it's not just, I mean, because it's an inversion, because it's opposite of humanity, uh, we get a real picture of the way that God intended life. So if we hadn't experienced the fall, this might have been the norm. I think some people think that, you know, this is just for the spiritual elite. This is for my pastor. This is for the missionary, the you know the people that teach in theological schools, but this, you know, as I as I look through the Sermon on the Mount, it's I mean Jesus is talking about everyday life and is addressing uh, the crowds here in the in the Sermon on the Mount. What what um, what are spiritual disciplines? Do you think what 
how should someone think about spiritual disciplines in their in their everyday life? Yeah, wow. Well, in in the message uh, yesterday, you brought out First uh, Timothy four uh, six through sixteen, and um, you referenced that because it was talking about training yourself. And I think Jesus uses this illustration of of building. Where you know, here's the foundation. Now build those who build upon it. So when you think. Tucker, when you think of spiritual disciplines, what's on your list? I mean, if people aren't familiar with that, like what are the kinds of things that fall into that category? I think there's some of the general, you know, maybe the ones that you might immediately think of, such as, you know, scripture reading, prayer, fasting, and all of these are spiritual disciplines, of course. Times of solitude, I think, would be another spiritual discipline. But one of the things that I wanted to do is just go to the Sermon on the Mount for a second to look at some other spiritual disciplines that Jesus gives us. So right in uh, Matthew chapter 5, and we look at beginning in verse 21, this is where Jesus gets into the, you've heard it said, but I say to you. And one of the things that he's doing is he's, he's really digging down to the heart issue. And he's giving us in, the, in these, you've heard it said, but I say to you statements, he's giving us some very practical things that we can do to address sin at the heart level and not at the surface level. So, for example, let's look, I mean, if you look at uh, verse 21, you've heard it said uh, to our ancestors, do not murder, but and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. And then Jesus goes and says, but I say to you, anyone who is angry uh, with his brother, with, you know, with his sister is, is subject to judgment. And so he's, he's trying to get to the heart level issue. Um, and then he gives us a practice that we can do in order to get to that heart, that heart level issue. So he says in verse 23, so if you're offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother and sister and then come and offer your gift. So then he's giving us a practice of the importance of reconciliation at a human level before we go to God in, in worship uh, at the, in, in, that, in that vertical relationship. Yeah. So yeah. he's saying, here's the surface level issue, here's the heart issue, here's the practice that you can do uh, to address that heart issue. And so a lot of times I think of um, the whole spiritual disciplines and, and spiritual health kind of paralleling the, the physical health. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, if you think about, uh, we're very much into health, into our culture and stuff. So we see these kinds of things. You know, it's saying, you know, here here are the measures of health. You know, Jesus is kind of saying, here's the measure of health. Mm-hmm. But it do, what good does measuring do if you're not going to yeah. do something about it? So here are the downsides if you're overweight. Here's the problems if you don't exercise. This is could happen to your heart. This could happen to your, you know, that type of thing. Um, but then here's what you do. Yeah. And and so then then you look at the things that you need to be doing, you need to eat right, you need to exercise, you need to rest. Um, in the same way, these different things that were given as as practical steps are going to help us have spiritual health. Some of them, like dealing with an issue, can be like, yeah, I, I stopped a bad habit. You know, I, I've dealt with a bad habit. Mm-hmm. Other things are, I think, more akin to uh, 
that like muscle training. So whether, you know, whatever form, you know, whether it's, it's you're, you're out jogging or you're lifting weights or, or whatever it is, there's a conditioning aspect that comes into play that allows us to um, grow stronger uh, spiritually. And uh, that spiritual dimension, uh, as Jesus is saying in this, in this parable, uh, gets tested. There's a time when the storms come. And that's, that's where I, I think sometimes it's like, we, okay, so uh, I grew up in a time when bodybuilding was actually on television pretty regularly. It was, it was kind of a big thing, and, and, um, and, and yet the counter to that was, well, what do they do with all that muscle, right? And I think in Christianity, our spiritual training, well, what are you going to do with that fasting? What are you going to do with that, uh, you know, all that Bible reading, but God puts us in a position where we really need to use this. So we're not training to display, but rather we're training to use as if we were going to go into the game. We have to go up against an opponent. Uh, if we use football, okay, now you're a lineman. Well, you're going to get hit, okay? Are you yeah. ready for it? Have you trained for it? <clears throat> that reminds me of, uh, believe it or not, I played football. Uh, started in fourth grade all the way through my junior my junior year of high Sorry, school. Sorry, I'm smiling really big because yeah. <laughs> you're not like a big football player. But then. No, and <laughs> if uh, if we were having a video podcast, then uh, people would <laughs> maybe be a, little, be a little surprised that I played football. But I do remember, you know, every summer uh, at, you know, our summer training camp, we always started with uh, the fundamentals. Uh, you know, even for those who are, you know, seniors in high school that had been playing since they were in third or fourth grade. They went back to well, what's a you know what's a three points what's a good three point stance what's a, what uh, <clears throat> what's a good tackling position because to review those fundamentals we need to review those fundamentals so that when we're in an actual situation when we're actually playing the game it just instinctively comes out of us we we don't have to think about um, what, what what a good tackling form is or what a what a what a good three point stance is it's just part of it's part yeah. of our nature at that point. Well, and, that, and that's the thing. Oftentimes, you know, people will say, well, you know, what, what do I need? Well, you, you need to spend time in prayer. Yeah, I know that. Well, you need to spend more time in the Word. Yep, yep, yep. Give me something new, right? But you, that's where you go back to the fundamentals and say, mm-hmm. have you mastered it? I, I, I heard a story years ago. I, it was at a time when I was uh, in Taekwondo, and I, so I was reading quite a bit about things, and it talked about how. And you've you've uh, used you've threatened me a couple times that uh, if I don't <laughs> do something, you'll bust out your taekwondo on me. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I <laughs> something would bust if I tried to use taekwondo, and it wouldn't be you. Uh, no. Anyway, the story the story goes that there was this class, and at the beginning of the class, they're all white belts, and they and they're learning. Uh, okay, here's how you do a front kick and a side kick and a back kick. And, and of course, then you move up through all the belts, okay? And finally, you achieve black belt. And once you've achieved black belt, then you get to be trained by the master. The, hmm. you know, the, the school's head is going to teach you. And in the story, it says that, so here's this brand new class of black belts. And, and the master comes out and says, this is a front kick. This is a side kick. This is a back kick. Well, the students are a little confused, and one of them, you know, sheepishly says, uh, but Master, that we've already learned those. And he said, we teach you what is most important first. He said, mm. now we will master those. Mm. 
And I think what's most important when we say prayer, Bible, fellowship, the things that we go, yeah, 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 I know. But have we mastered those? Have we taken them to uh, a level where we can say things like, yeah, I really am close to God. I really know God. Can Hmm. we have a Moses moment, you know, Hmm. a friend of God, right? Hmm. That's the master level. Are we working towards that or are we content where we are? Because it's just like any exercise, I mean, you can kind of stagnate, you can plateau, and, and, and you're not really moving forward or growing. But I think in this world, given the challenges that we can face and we see in our society, things are getting more challenging. I think it's pretty important that we we master those fundamentals of spiritual growth. So there are certainly these uh, the, the core spiritual disciplines, the, the, the Bible reading, the prayer, the fasting, the times of solitude. Um, there's these other f- forms of spiritual disciplines that we don't necessarily think about, the ones that we can find in Matthew chapter 5, for instance, on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to do yesterday was highlight that idea of resistance. So as we're reading through the Sermon on the Mount, where do we sense resistance in our own life mm. uh, to what Jesus is saying? Because hidden in there might be a good spiritual discipline that, that he's calling us to, to, to put into practice. Um, so there's some of those other spiritual disciplines that we don't necessarily think about, the uh, going and asking for forgiveness or seeking reconciliation with a, a brother or sister uh, or a friend or you know a neighbor. Um, the another one here uh, of telling the truth. You know, Jesus says, you know, "Let your yes be yes and your your no be no." I mean, you think about how uh, truth telling is is not something that is uh, all too common, I would say today. There's a lot of um, false speech whether that be on social media or, or people just not being true to their word. And, and so this is another place that, I mean, Jesus is calling us to, if you say something, that you're going to do it. Uh, and, and you don't need to have all of these other um, oaths attached to your words. Uh, so I think, again, there's another spiritual discipline of just if you say something, it's, you do it. I agree with you. There's a lot of Jesus teaching, a lot of Jesus' mm-hmm. words that we need to apply and so there's the, the the very basics, which can be mastered to mm-hmm. a high level, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but then there's the flying roundhouse kick, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, and it's like you may, maybe only Jackie Chan needs it, but uh, it's it, there are times when we absolutely have to be able to uh, humble ourselves and step into a, a time when we are um, so imitating Jesus that. Um, not only are we washing feet, but we're taking abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, he said it. If they hate me, they're going to hate you. Yeah. But are we still living our faith out in a way that people can identify us to be hated? So there's a, a lot of yeah. nuances in that. You're listening to The Raw Roast. We're having a conversation today about spiritual disciplines, their role in the life of every believer, not just uh, pastors and missionaries. Uh, seminary professors, but this is something that Jesus calls every follower to uh, to practice the spiritual disciplines. We would love again to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us with any comments about today's episode uh, or any questions you'd like us to address on future future episodes. Um, the thing that I'm thinking about is, you know, like what's the how, how does something like times of solitude actually play itself out in 
a real life scenario. And I can't remember where I just read it. I think it was in the last couple of days. But you know, we're so prone to talk. I mean, we're we're doing a we're doing a podcast and talking for a half hour here. I mean, I think it's just our natural instinct to want to want to say something. And saying something is not always the the best or the right thing to do. And yeah. when you have it, when you have a time of solitude, for instance, it it trains you to not always have to be the one to speak first or speak last. And so, even uh, even uh, times of solitude can help us with something like that. Fasting, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe a real practical way that that plays itself out is you're you're on a you're on a mission trip and you you don't get to eat something for you know a, a day or two just because of the the nature of the work and uh, and so that's another way way that I think that could play itself out so I, I do think they train us to they train us for real world situations yeah you you <clears throat> you had to pick the two that are most challenging for me, but uh, my, and, and, and you know my uh, my love of food too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's legendary. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I I okay. So I a long time ago, I I felt that I hadn't really entered into the world of spiritual disciplines the way I needed to, and so I decided, you know, I need to step up. I need to do this, and and being who I am, I I thought, well. I'm going to choose the ones that are hardest for me, the ones I would least want to do. And solitude is not one that I'm a big fan of. I mean, I, I test out as an introvert, but I it's very mm-hmm. small I, I guess, because I really don't like being alone that much. So, of course, I went on a 24-hour uh, isolation retreat where, you know, I don't see any human beings. There's no electronics. There's, you know, you just totally cut off from the world. And I'm going to tell the truth. The truth is there was 23 hours of misery and one hour of really experiencing God on a level that maybe has only happened two times in my life. Mm. And I think that there's aspects of obedience that when we submit, when we say yes to God, I'm going to do the things you call me to, that um, he'll let us experience the reality of it, but then, then he'll affirm and that was a that was a moment of just real a lot came together in that time, but that uh, I, I wouldn't trade it. So Paul says uh, to Timothy, for the training of the body has limited benefit. This is the the Christian standard Bible translation. The training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life. To come, uh, so this idea of uh, training in godliness, and um, I, I like what he says a little bit uh, later on. So you know, Timothy, being a, a young leader in the early church, uh, Paul tells him, "Don't let anyone despise your youth, uh, but set an example for the believers in speech, conduct, and love, and faith, and impurity. Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation." And teaching, don't neglect the gift that was that is in you. And I remember in in high school, I was um, I had a group that I was part of called the Gathering for Guys, and we we actually met every Friday night <laughs> as a as a Bible study gathering. But I have to say, I mean, those are some of the those are some of the moments that were most formative for me. And I remember one time we actually did a 
a Bible study on on just that passage where we looked at, you know, in in verse twelve, uh, speech, conduct, love, faith, purity, and we talked about what what does it mean to follow Christ in each one of those aspects and categories, and and you could attach a spiritual discipline to each each one of those uh, godliness uh, training activities, and so I think that that could be an actual a real practical thing for um, for us, for our listeners to to think about each one of those things Paul lists right there in First Timothy four twelve. Uh, yeah. how, how do we? What does it look like to be to pursue holiness in those? Well, first, I I, I appreciate the uh, the ESV English Standard Version on this, where it says, "Practice these things, immerse yourself in them." It, it it's not a sideline. Mm-hmm. It, it's not something. I mean. Uh, we're not working to be bodybuilders. We're working to be, you know, healthy and strong. Well, spiritually, mm-hmm. we're not trying to become something more than God calls us to, but we need to be healthy and strong. Mm-hmm. And so, but to immerse ourselves in it is to, I mean, to be fully a part of these practices. I mean, you've just read all of these things that we can be doing and be a part of. And I, I think that um, the... To, to grow in these is to recognize, to look, like you mentioned earlier, to look at where maybe we're weaker mm-hmm. in this and to um, commit to, to take it's, – it's like committing – again, sorry, I'm Mr. Analogy here, but uh, committing to a workout program. You know, you, you, you get a schedule, you make a plan, and, and you do it every day, and it's the everyday aspect that really makes a difference. I mean, you, yes, you can go on a weekend retreat or do a mm-hmm. 24-hour solitude like I did, but it, it's, um, it's really the day-to-day, every yeah. day, and, and, and whether that's eating right or exercising or uh, reading the Scripture, being in prayer, and working on the things that the Holy Spirit is calling us to, that day in and day out, that's where we become strong. That's where mm-hmm. we become healthy. And so it's finding those patterns in our life and, and getting established in that. And if you're a scheduled person, then you schedule it. And if mm-hmm. you're not a scheduled person, then you have to find a, a way to set goals so that you're coming around to it regularly as you need to. Let's start transitioning here. And this is a good point in, in transitioning into some of the practical things that we can be doing. So You've already mentioned two things that came that had come to mind already, but scheduling and goal setting in our in our spiritual disciplines, I think, is is crucial. You know, one of the things that I, I find challenging is is the spiritual discipline of prayer. It's always been a it always has been one that has um, been more challenging for me. I my the what my go to is scripture reading and study, uh, but things like prayer. Especially fasting, <laughs> uh, come a little more are a little more challenging for me. What are, what are some things that we can do? So uh, you know, scheduling the the thing that comes to mind is is maybe it's actually blocking out some time on your calendar. It's I'm gonna you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna just start small. I'm gonna spend ten I have ten minutes marked on my calendar for uh, Bible reading or mm-hmm. or prayer time on on Mondays and maybe Wednesdays. It's you know what I'm gonna practice fasting from from just lunch. Uh, on on Wednesdays and and spend that time in prayer or yeah some other spiritual activity. Um, so are there other things that you can think of that uh, would be helpful for mm-hmm. just do some practical 
I, I'd wisdom? Rein, first, I'd reinforce what you're saying. I, I uh, used to teach guitar, and I would have beginner students, and I'd say, okay, here's your commitment. I want you to play your guitar for five minutes a day. Whatever time during the day doesn't matter. You have to play five minutes a day, but not 35 minutes one day a week. Mm-hmm. It's the five minutes a day that makes the difference. Yeah, and, and so I just just to reinforce what you're saying uh, that that it's the consistency of the day to day. I think another thing, especially I'm imagining with our listeners, is um, keeping it fresh. Yeah. Okay. That um, when especially I think areas of prayer. People um, develop prayer lists or prayer patterns that they use mm-hmm. that uh, initially are very effective, and 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 yet over time, it's not that God stops listening, but it we we engage less, we become less focused in what we're doing, yeah, and and so to to take different approaches to things. Um, for me, uh, one big step that I took was I started writing out my prayers. And that was a huge turnaround for me in terms of mm-hmm. of getting focused because I didn't particularly enjoy writing, but the the discipline of doing that, and I've actually gotten to the place where I feel uh, relatively dependent on it. You know, yeah. it's uh, but it's a great way for me to focus in. Um, there's <clears throat> in scripture, uh, I was a read through the Bible guy. You know, and have uh, can you? If I, I don't know, you could get a, like a Sunday school ribbon or something for reading through the Bible so mm-hmm. many times, right? And yet, I, I found like the last time I did that, I was getting less out of it. And I, I had a good conversation with a, a, a gentleman that I worked for actually, and he said that he had picked up on a, a pattern where um, you would read until you felt God was telling you something. Just keep reading until something stood out to you in a way and then stop and continue to read that passage in any like cross-reference related passages until you fully owned that. Hmm. If it was telling you to do something, that that became a part of your life. And he had been in one passage, I think, for three months at that point. But I tried that and wow, what what an incredible thing to because you can just keep digging and, and God's word is so deep it's so rich that you can keep digging right into the heart of what is being conveyed there yeah and, I, and like I say you can find the supporting passages with that but transformation sometimes doesn't happen we've said this earlier you you get stuck you, yeah. you have to work through something to grow and uh, I think scripture is full of challenges like that for us to grow. Well, Jeff, this has been a good conversation today. I, you know, I, I feel like there's been a lot of practical things that that I can put in place in my own life, and I like that idea of of just reading through Scripture and stopping when you you feel like God's impressing something on you. And this is such a different approach than you know Eastern mysticism and some of those Eastern religions, which really emphasize emptying your mind. No, I mean Christian understanding of meditation or uh, time with God is is filling your mind with with Scripture with God's Word. And uh, and meditating upon on God's word, uh, and so it's such a different approach, and and I, I think sometimes that word meditation probably scares people um, in Christian circles, but they have the you know that Eastern mysticism idea of meditation in mind, and and 
our call is to fill ourselves with, with God's Word, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Um, so I think that's a great uh, practice of, of what you're saying, of just reading until you feel like, what is God, what is God saying to you? I like the idea of scheduling that, you, that, you've, uh, that you've mentioned and setting goals um, for yourself when it, comes with, when it comes to spiritual disciplines. So thank, I really do appreciate your insights today. This has been helpful for me. Uh, so thank you, for, uh, thank you for coming on today. Oh, well, like I said, it's my pleasure. I want to thank you for, for listening. If you'd like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit calvarychurch.us. You can check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. We encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Um, it also helps if you leave us a review. We'd also, again, love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at calvarychurch.us with any comments or questions. We look forward to having you join us again next Monday.